Faith Matters Podcast. I'm your host, John Morgan. Well, this is the podcast for Multi-Faith Matters. I am the host, John Moorhead, and I'm privileged to have today... Chief Rabbi Leon Ariel Melul, and hopefully I got that pronunciation right, Rabbi. That's right. That's right. Thank <laughs> and, you. It's uh, a pleasure to meet you, and thank you for welcoming your. Thank podcast. you so much. Yeah, for being here. Uh, the rabbi is with the International Raelian Movement or the Raelian Church, and we are going to unpack what that is all about today. Um, I have been reading about and following um, the Raelian Movement for a number of years. Um, so this will, and it, uh, to prepare for the podcast, I had to catch up and go look at some more material again. So it was good to, to pull things from my library shelf. I like to begin with my guests by asking how you came to be involved in the church. Well, I was, uh, you know, I was, I am born from a religious Jewish family on both sides, a very practical, very conservative and brought up. I've been brought up that way, uh, observing Jewish religion, and always had questions, but never got the right answers, either by the family members or by rabbis or in the school with teachers. And they always tell, listen, this is the way we have been taught. This is the way we learn. And this is the way we continue our life as Jews, because we always have say in our religion, we will do and then we will listen and then we will understand. But I, you know, it didn't come to, I wasn't too much, I didn't agree too much with that idea. And I always had questions, but I continue my life as a, as a Jewish scholar and, uh, you know, Jewish religious family and all that. And uh, one day I come across with the book what, that was called The Book Which Tell the Truth, that is called today Intelligent Design. And by reading that book, it answered all the questions I had since my childhood. I mean, it's it, for a Jew understanding that we have been created by an extraterrestrial civilization that originally the Jewish people were the children of the Elohim and women of the earth. These people from outer space are called the Elohim that came to space, to our land over 25,000 years ago and started creating all lives on laboratory. Then finally to create man to their image and likeness as described in the original Hebrew Bible, the Tanakh. That's an amazing story. I've looked at your bio and uh, was able to pick up on some of that. And I appreciate you sharing your journey because people need to put the context, the conversations that we have in context. And so it's always helpful to know that personal element. Um, can you describe how the church came into existence? How do it come to be? Well, the church, it was called the Raelian Movement. It was registered in Canada as a Raelian church, but in uh, worldwide, international-wide, is the International Raelian Movement, which is not necessarily a church or a, or a synagogue or whatever. It's not a place where we pray. It's a place. It, it's not even a place. Every one of us live in their own home. Every one of us have their own jobs. 
no one of us get paid or get a salary. And we are all volunteers and I am in the rally movement for the last 36 years. And I always have been uh, spreading me the message and I always uh, was lecturing in Jewish communities worldwide, especially in Israel where I lived for 18 years. Uh, the, the the movement began with a, an interesting experience from your founder. Can you describe that for us? Sure, sure. That was on December 13, 1973. And a man named Claude Vaurion was driving to his office. And then all of a sudden, he felt the, the, the urge to go to a certain place where he was going in summertime with his family for picnic. And that place is an old volcano, which is called uh, the Puy de la Sola, which is close to Clermont-Ferrand. When he got there, you know, it was a little bit chilly because it was on December 13. And uh, he asked himself, I, you know, what I'm doing here? I have work to do. He, this man has was a, a sport car magazine journalist. And all of a sudden, before leaving, he saw something shining in the sky with the beam on top and another beam on the on on the bottom at the bottom and then something was coming down and at the beginning he thought it was an helicopter then there was no noise and more it, it was coming down uh he realized that this was a spaceship and then a trap opened it got close to the ground a trap opened a ladder opened and then he saw two feet coming down. And he was a little bit afraid because he said, well, I don't going to move now. Maybe they think I am a tree or something and they will leave. And too bad I don't have my camera with me because I could have taken some pictures and make this a big event, you know, as, as I am a journalist. Well, the trap came down and the two feet, he saw the two feet and then he saw someone the size of a child about uh, five feet, four feet and a half to five feet coming down. And this man was coming very close to him without any weapon, were very shiny face, full of love. Uh, their eyes were like Asian, you know, very almond shapes. Uh, and uh, the skin is a little bit like grayish, like Asian people or something like that. Then uh, Claude Vaurion at that time was called Claude Vaurion. He asked him, uh, do you speak French? He said, the, the, the extraterrestrial reply, I speak all languages. And then Claude Vaurion asked him again, do you come here often? He said, I come here many times. And today I come with you to meet with you. We telepathically induced you to come here today because we have a message for you. And the following message, they invite him to his craft and he told him, listen, your name is Claude Vaurillon. You are married, you have two children. You, have a, you are a journalist in a sport card magazine. And we have been following you even before you were born. And today we are here to give you a message to humanity. And the message is as follow. More than 25,000 years ago, we came to your planet and we created all life on earth, starting by 
plants, animals, and finally, we created man to our image and our likeness. Over the years, we have sent all prophets from all religions. Among the most important ones, Moses, Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad, and many others. And now, it's time for you to understand, after the bomb of Hiroshima, that you, with uh, nuclear power, you can either develop yourself or to destroy yourself. And today, it's time for people to understand we have been taken for gods, but there is no gods. People who were primitives, they didn't know what was coming from the sky, and they put their face on earth and pray on us, and today they're still believing and praying. But it's time that all human beings understand you have all been created equal. We have created seven races on earth. <coughs> Excuse me. We have created seven races on earth, and we want to come back, especially among the people of Israel who are our direct offspring between men of extraterrestrial and women of the earth, that we had children with these uh, people that coming from this part, this region of the Middle East, which is called the people of Israel. And now we give you, we're going to give you two uh, aims that are, our aims is, first of all, that you will spread this message worldwide. And the second one is that you will build an embassy to welcome us. And this embassy is the third temple the Jewish people want to build close to Jerusalem. And they want us to build this uh, third temple or embassy, as we call it, close to Jerusalem. Unfortunately, the state of Israel have already refused or not answered our request for seven, for seven times already. And one day, even if I was living in Canada, I decided to go to Israel to start the Israelian movement there and do all I could with rabbis, with members of govern, different governments, uh, deputies, ministers, uh, prime ministers, and all that. And they never, uh, they never uh, wanted to give, a, give to acknowledge the request of the Elohim, even if it's written in their books. And when I give my lectures, especially in Hebrew, I have all the citations from many religious books, including from the original Bible, that these people call Elohim are an extraterrestrial civilization and not a single God, and that they come from space. So I have been lecturing, I mean, for since the last 35 years, most probably. It's interesting that the title of the book that you encountered uh, was Intelligent Design, just so people don't get confused within some segments of Christianity there, there is this uh, label of intelligent design, but for them, it refers to God engineering uh, life forms, and, and and therefore it wasn't through a process of random evolution. Of course, that's not the only view of evolution amongst Christians or others, uh, but you're using it in a very different way. Is there any room for evolution, or is it uh, simply a straight form of, of creation as you understand it? There was no evolution. It was a simple form of uh, creation by genetic manipulation of DNA. This is how they started creating life. 
because first of all, they started on their planet to create life. And then they created people like they were like a little bit, you know, like monsters who escape the, the place where they were creating them. And they kill and hurt people on their planet, on the Elohim planet. Then the government of the planet told them, listen, you should stop this. And we don't allow this anymore. Go elsewhere when you will be ready. Find the planet and then do whatever you want there. But do never reveal them that who we are or whatever, you know, because never, never uh, teach them how we create life because they can create also life and come and, and, and make war and problems with us, even if we're far away. And this is where the bubble tower came into, uh, into the, the game because when people build the bubble tower, it was an engine to go to fight with the Elohim. And then the Elohim decided to mix all the languages that no one could understand each other. So if I understand your material correctly, you're you're an atheist religion in that the Elohim does not refer to uh, the singular God of the Judeo-Christian tradition, more Christianity. Um, so you're like some other religious traditions like Theravada Buddhism that doesn't believe in the existence of God. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're an atheist religion who are not believers. First of all, we understand that we have been created all equal by genetic manipulations of DNA, by, with science. And nowadays, uh, it's very easy to understand because we have the knowledge. We can fly to the space, we can travel to the space, we can manipulate DNA, but people still believe in a God because they need, you know, I'm sure you have been, you have been around for a long time with your podcast, and uh, most of religious people, and even non-religious they need two crashes, one that is God and the other one that is the soul. You take the two of them and they fall down. And that's a problem. And governments know we have been created by an extraterrestrial civilization. But that will be a big, big mess if they declare that to people and people are not ready to listen to that. It will be a big revolution, but sooner or later, they're going to have to because... The more and more we are advancing, the more and more there are signs of UFOs in the skies, extraterrestrials, crop circles, everywhere. And at one time, they, they will not be able to avoid it. And with the intellig uh, artif uh, artificial intelligence now, with the EA, I mean, it's going to come out one day or the other. It's interesting as I look at different religious traditions, um, so, for example, with Judaism and Christianity, you have Christianity taking the Hebrew sacred text, but then adding their own to it um, within the religion of the Latter-day Saints or the Mormons. You have them taking the basic uh, Christian Bible, but then adding uh, new revelation and claiming to have a new prophet. And then you have the Raelians who come and take, you know, a traditional interpretation and do something different with it. What would you say to those Jews and Christians who would have concerns about the way you interpret their texts very differently than the way it has been understood? What kind of response would you give? 
Listen, John, uh, first of all, Elohim in Hebrew is a plural word that is a singular, uh, that is a plural of the word Eloha. And in ancient Hebrew, Elohim means those who come from the skies. Now, for the Christian people, it's very, you know, they're very narrow-minded also that they cannot understand or they don't want to, to understand or to listen. But uh, sooner or later, as I mentioned, they're going to have to face the reality. And more and more we're coming through that, more and more the governments are going to be obliged one day to reveal the truth to humanity. Now, what I tell them, it's very simple. You know, it's, you're, you're telling us Mary was a virgin. Okay, is it possible that a woman, okay, this is a miracle and so and so and so. Well, I told him, is it possible this woman was inseminated artificially by an extraterrestrial? Because Jesus is the son of one of these extraterrestrial and women of the earth. Like many prophets, like Moses was, and like many others, they were the children of the Elohim and women of the earth. And Jesus was their messenger, and Jesus was the one that was supposed to come and reveal the truth. And he revealed the truth, but he disturbed so much the establishment that they had them killed. He didn't come to make another religion. He didn't come, Jesus didn't come to make another religion. Jesus didn't come to make uh, Christianity. He came and he say, and he told everyone, I'm not, I didn't come here to change even a Yota from the Bible. He explained the same thing Rael was have, is explaining right now. And Jesus say, I will pray my father, and he will say the, and he will send you the paraclete. Who is his father? My father that is in the skies. What that means, my father that is in the skies? Everybody believes that Yahweh, who is his father, who is the leader of all this Elohim, he is an extraterrestrial. He is the son of an extraterrestrial and the woman of the earth. And when he mentioned my father that was in the sky, it was not in the clouds. It was in the space on another planet. Let's pick up on... Uh your understanding of the prophets. Um, I've read in your material that Buddha, Muhammad, even Joseph Smith, and Jesus, their prior prophets, how do they connect in their uh, message to what Rael has brought? Well, listen, the original Bible in Hebrew, I have all the citations, and not only from the original Tanakh, which is a Bible, the Hebrew Bible, uh, but even from the Zohar, from prayer books and all that. And I can prove it to any rabbis, to anywhere, to anyone, that these Elohim are an extraterrestrial civilization. This is, it's evident. Now people are, are have, have a problem of understanding and believing because they're afraid. They're afraid that if they distort from the religion something, something will happen to them. And you know, we're very close to Buddhism. All of these prophets have come with a message. But the understanding of the people was different from one to the other. Then they made religions. And religions today, you know, they're, they're, they're all following down. And as you know, uh, 
in the in the prophecies of Malachi, he was predicting that the actual Pope will be the last one. Which means the actual Pope, if he will be, if he is the last one, which which means the 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 Vatican will will reach to an end, and the Christian religion will reach to an end, because it's going to be the end of it. And everything will be relieved, uh, will be uh, revealed, as I mentioned. Uh, you know, people cannot hide the truth forever. And uh, Christianity is the first religion that will fall down. And this is one of the reasons uh, Hitler wanted to kill all Jews to avoid that Israel will be born. Because on, according to the prophecies, Israel, uh, he will be the one that will destroy all religions the myth of religions and the mystery of God. So is the view of Rails in terms of prophet, it's similar to, uh, obviously with some differences, but similar to, to in Islam where uh, Muhammad would be the, the the final, the greatest, the seal of the prophets. Is Rael the final prophet in a long line of prophets sent by the Elohim as you understand it? Absolutely. Rael is the one that the Jewish people are waiting for as the Messiah, the Mashiach, and the Muslim people are waiting for the Mehdi, the Mubashar, and also the Christians that are waiting for Jesus to come back. But Jesus will come back with all the prophets, with the Elohim, when the Elohim will land on earth, on the embassy we're going to build for them. But they don't want to land in the middle of, uh, you know, of a football field. They want to have their place that we recognize them first as our creators and not as a single God. We need to recognize these people as our creators and then build them an embassy that, you know, no one can go in without their authorization, like any embassy in the world, with extraterritoriality. And then they will come back with all the prophets. But today, people need to be prepared and be more peaceful than what we are today because we are very very, very uh, close to uh, auto-destroy ourselves with all the bombs that we have on this planet and all the conflicts that there are worldwide. Uh, on the surface, it appears that uh, the messages of uh, Buddha, Muhammad, Jesus, and so on, these figures and founders of the, the great religions were, were very different, um, sometimes coming from different worldviews. Um, are, are you saying that, that that was a mistake that incurred later on in terms of interpretation and initially the messages were the same? How would you respond to the apparent very different messages that resulted in these very different traditions? The messages were given by people who were primitives and had a, a very uh, small understanding of these extraterrestrials. They had contact with them, and then they came as messengers to explain. But the way people perceive it, it's like, how can a, a, a primitive person can explain to another primitive people, these people are from a sky on another planet. They didn't even knew they were planets at that time. Besides the Sumerians that had that knowledge long ago. But the other people of on Earth, either uh, people from the Middle East region or other regions. And most of the prophets were sent to the Middle East 
and in the place that is called today Israel. And these people, they came with a message that was not understood. And apparently, those who, oh, those who were the, 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 the Jesus uh, messengers and, and apostles, they wrote, those, the, the, they wrote their messages 70 years after Jesus died, apparently. So how can they explain these people how Jesus met with an extraterrestrial that his father is the most important of all the extraterrestrial, of all the Elohim, and that they come down many years ago and they created life with scientific manipulation of DNA. These people didn't even know what a bicycle was. How can they could understand? So every one of them made their own religion according to their books, according to the scripts, according to what they had. And of course, if today you have 50 people or 20 people, you ask them to design a tree, everyone will design a tree, but they're very different from one to the other, according to their understanding. And this is the interpretation we can give that people could not understand because they were not educated. These people were from another, <laughs> not from another civilization, but you know, these people were primitives and took the Elohim for gods, even the prophets. I remember uh, reading in the 1970s books by Eric von Daniken and the whole Chariots of the Gods, the ancient astronauts hypothesis. Is there some overlap and similarity to the messages he brought in those books uh, with, with your message? Well, he brought the message in his books according to his understanding of the Bible. Like uh, another Italian man, uh, uh, I think it's Belonghi uh, or something like that anyways. Um, and they wrote their books according to their understanding and their search on the Bible. The only difference between them and Rael is that Rael got a physical contact with them. He meet with them, like Moses meet with them, like Jesus meet with them, like Muhammad meet with them. And to come back to Muhammad, it says that he was flying from Mecca to Medina and from Medina to, the, to Jerusalem at the speed of light. Then from Jerusalem, he flew to the sky to the seven heavens, like, like they mentioned in the Quran in an engine that was called El Borak. And the El Borak was, according to their designs or whatever, was a horse with winds. These people only had horses and they had camels. Their only way of transportation was that. If it was a, if they had cars at that time, maybe they will design a car with winds, but they designed a horse with winds because the horse was the, the way of transportation and the, with, the, with the winds because it could fly. And the most important is that the name El Borak comes from the word Hebrew, Maverick. Maverick, even in English, means something, someone or something bright. And this is where the word El Borak came from. It was a horse with wings bright. And even Elijah the prophet, the prophet, fly to the sky with a chariot of fire. What that means. Today, we're able to understand at that time of those people, they, didn't, they, they, they only had horses, camels, 
a chariot with some wheels and okay, a, a chariot of fire. What that means today? Is it possible? Today we are able to understand. And the most important is, you know, the book of the, the messages the Elohim give to Rael. It's in the book, Intelligent Design. And this book can be downloaded for free on our website, rael.org. I'll put make sure uh, folks can check the podcast notes and they'll see uh, links to your organization so folks oh, can yeah. pursue that further. So thank you for mentioning that. Um, you have the Raelians uh, have been described as holding to a millenarian philosophy. Um, you've mentioned it a little bit in terms of uh, the desires of the Elohim for humanity uh, when they return. Uh, what can we expect? Uh, I'm I'm a huge fan of science fiction, and I grew up on 1950s science fiction movies. I don't know if you've seen The Day the Earth Stood Still, uh, when the flying saucer comes and he's and basically he tells human beings who are engaged in uh, the possibility of worldwide nuclear destruction, uh, we're going to leave a, a robot here, and you either play nice or or you're going to suffer the consequences. Uh, what what do the Elohim bring are they going to come and enforce something through greater technology or will we have entered into an age of peace or what does that look like for you we have entered in the age of apocalypse and the word apocalypse is which comes from uh, greek doesn't mean destruction means revelation and we are in the time of revelation since 1946 where we have launched where the american people have launched the atomic bomb over Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And then the Elohim had to uh, send another messenger, which was Rael. This is the reason why he was born in 1946. Because they had to send someone that will reveal the truth, that we will stop killing each other and understanding. Because otherwise, otherwise we understand, are we going to auto-destruct ourselves your uh your your group has had some controversy in news reporting as all religions do and i wanted to ask a few questions to give you a chance to sure. to clear up some misunderstanding um in terms of uh you talk about the creation of humanity uh through the elohim and your organization has been an advocate for for cloning technology and Absolutely. uh what what is the relationship between cloning and your views of life after death? Well, according to what the messages that the Elohim gave to Rael, they can live, this, this Elohim can live between 700 and 1,000 years. Now, how they do they proceed? Uh, they, they, their life is not like us, it's longer. They have a technology. They live between 700 and 1,000 years. When the body gets too old, between 7,000 and 1,000 and, and 700 and 1,000 years, they have the way through cloning to take one of your cells from, especially from forehead or whatever, and recreate the same human being identical with a new body. A new body that could be looking like 18 to 20 years old. Then today we already have the technology and we can understand that easily. When you buy a new computer and you have an old computer, you can transfer all the data and information that you have on your 
new old computer into the new one, right? Mm-hmm. Now, it's very easy because they also have the technology to download all your knowledge, all your souvenirs, all your uh, whatever, all your life into a new body and destroy the old one because it's getting too old. And this this process is only through cloning. And this and, and eternal life will go into clo- through cloning only. This is the way they can create life from one and reproduce the same person and bring him back to life. Like, you know, they have all the prophets they have sent. They are in the planet of the Eternals, which is called the planet, the, the Garden of Eden, with, that they have created to compensate every human being who have been helpful for humanity and peaceful to humanity. And this is where they have all the prophets and they want to come back with all these prophets. And how they create them after that, that it's very simple for them. With one cell, they can recreate the same human being. It's like when Jesus was uh, resurrected, for example, he got resurrected by cloning, not by a miracle. And that stone that was there, I mean, it's very easy for the Elohim to move a stone even with, with a laser or break it or whatever, you know. So it's all matter of understanding with an open mind. And this is why the reason I, I mentioned that our books can be downloaded for free because when some people will read it, it will reveal finally the truth of our about our origins. Fascinating. Yeah, our cloning and through cloning we can reach eternal life. That's the only way. I remember there were news reports years ago about uh, the Raelian movement uh, being involved in human cloning. Is that still an area of interest in active research? Uh, the Raelian movement was not involved in human cloning. It was we always supported human cloning because that's the way the Elohim can recreate life and can make people to live eternally. But there was, uh, there is a, a member of the Raelian movement who is a CEO of uh, Clonade mm-hmm. that had her own company and she created uh, a baby called Eve, apparently. But it's not the Raelian movement, it's Brigitte Boissolier, who is the CEO of her company, Clonade, that announced the creation and we supported her because that's the only way the Elohim resurrect people and create people to make them live eternally. That's the only way. But we rally and movement, we never create anyone. We are not we are pro-cloning, but we don't have a cloning company or whatever. Okay. That's a helpful clarification. Thank you very sure. much. <laughs> uh another area where you've experienced some controversy uh, is in regards to uh, sexual practices. Can you say a little bit about how that fits into your overall moral and ethical system? Well, what is exactly your question? Well, I mean, there have been some uh, news reports on sensual meditation and things like that. Just what what is that? How does that play into uh, your practices? Sensual meditation is not sexual meditation. Uh, that's two things, two different things. Sensual means with our senses. And we have five senses. The touching with our eyes, with our noise, by smelling, with our tongue. And these are our senses to feel. 
to be more sensual and sensuality lead to uh, feel better what surround us. And when we meditate, we make sensual meditation, which is we meditate with our senses, being aware of our senses. And this is what people mix, sensual with sexual, which is not the same thing at all. Now, to go back to sexuality, if you want, everyone, I mean, we don't belong to no one. We belong to ourselves. And pleasure, it's something the Elohim have given us for our own good, for our own benefit, and for our own pleasure. Which means that between two adults that they want to have intercourse or they want to have a sexual relation, no matter if they're from opposite sex or the same sex, among adults only, they're allowed to go and do whatever they want. We are free. We have been created free by the Elohim. And we should remain free. I mean, you can be married and stay for the same person for as long as you live. Or you can live with the same person even for a night or a day or a week or a month or a year or all your life. But no one should be obliged to live a life. How many people you know and we have in, in history and we have in front of our eyes that they're living a miserable life with a companion that, you know, he's making their life miserable. And, and what for? I mean, when, you, when you're with someone that you're happy, you stay with. If you're not happy, like Ryle said many times, the Elohim have created us with long legs that we can run. Well, thank you for that clarification. I appreciate it. Uh, as you know, uh, a big part of any religion are, are rituals. It's not just about beliefs. What are some of the basic practices for the Raelians? We don't have any besides meditating. Meditating for peace, which is what we do mostly now because of the world situation and conflicts. We try to send waves of love and peace and harmony to all human beings on the planet, to all lives on earth on this planet, animals, plants, trees, uh, and especially human beings, because that's the only way, love is the only way to save humanity. And that's the only way that we can reach peace worldwide. Hmm. And this is what we do. And we have uh, the, the, the one minute for peace that Rail created, which is at the 59 minute of every hour, we stop for a minute and think about humanity, think about love, think about peace and send peace and love with energy to everyone without thinking of it's in, it's a dog or it's a cat or it's a human being to everyone because we all need love and we are all one. We are all, each of one is a cell of this huge body that is called humanity. And this is what we need to be aware of. I mean, some people I see nowadays, unfortunately, between Israel and Palestine, People go there and shoot other people without even knowing who they are because they receive orders. And to receive orders without consciousness is like robots. And we are not robots, we are humans. And before being Jewish, 
Christian, Muslim, or whatever, we first of all, let's behave like humans. Because nowadays, I don't think we deserve even the name of humans. We don't behave as such. We behave worse than animals. Because animals, they don't kill each other besides to eat. But we kill for the pleasure. We kill for, for, for the pleasure of making weapons, of taking piece of land, of, of getting some wealth. But what is that for? How long will we on this planet to live? 80 years? 20 years? 50 years? How many people die before they reach their, their, their pension? I mean, the most we, we can live is maybe 100 and something. And so what after that? So what? We came here with nothing. We accumulate and we want, we want, we want. And finally, we live with nothing. So what is that all for if it's not here to have pleasure and to be humans and to care and share with each other with love and fraternity? Thank you for that. We certainly need more love and more peace. We are united in, in that interest and desire and work. Let me ask you about one last uh, area that has generated some controversy, and Hindus sometimes receive the same criticism in your logo that folks can see in the in the backdrop uh, on the left there. That Oh, there it is right there. Um, there's a swastika incorporated within it. And when people see that, of course, they naturally assume Nazism and, and all of that. Can you can you speak to the the history of the symbol and how it's why it's incorporated into the symbol for the Raelian movement? This is another way of ignorance from people. If you take the swastika, it comes from ancient times in India, in Asia, in all the temples, you have the swastika. And way, way, way before Hitler took it and did, the, did the, the, the Nazi sign with it. Long way before. And our symbol here, this one here, is the one that was on the Elohim uh, suit when Rael met with them. This is the oldest symbols on earth, and it's even in Israel. I have found the, the swastikas in the temple of Kafarnaum, which was the church where Jesus was teaching, and in museums, in Haifa, in many other places, and even it was on the floor of an old synagogue in En Gedi. And this symbol is, it's a, first of all, the two triangles, the two triangles you see here, well, we don't see them very well on the spot, <laughs> but uh, anyways, you can see them on, on, the, on the screen, mm -hmm. on my back uh, screen. Uh, represent infinity in small, in, in infinity in space and time. I mean, the two triangles, one of the triangles is infinity small to infinity large, which represent us, and infinity large to infinity small, which represent in the space. Let me explain. We live in a planet which is called planet Earth. This planet is on a solar system. This solar system is on a galaxy. This galaxy is in a universe, infinite universe. And this universe is a molecule of a cell of something that is alive, which is not a God, 
could be a cat, could be a worm, could be a, a, a giant. We don't know what it is. Even the Elohim don't know. And inside ourselves, each of our cells, each of our molecules of our cells is the universe within itself, which have planets, solar system, galaxies, and so on, so on, so on. And there is a life inside us as well. But of course, our time of living, for them, it could be maybe the time that we breathe, it's uh, like 100 years from them. And inside ourselves, and, and, and for us, maybe our life is maybe a couple of minutes for that giant human being or some, that thing that we're into. I don't know if I make myself understand. Yes, oh yes, yes, thank you very much. <laughs> and, for... and we are all part of this infinite universe because everything is connected to everything. Every cell, it's part of something. And every cell, every molecule of one cell, it's a, an infinite universe with itself. And the swastika is the infinite in time. And these two united are the symbol of the Elohim. And that's the main reason why Hitler wanted to have it hated by the Jewish people, because he knew the Messiah will come with Israel. The Messiah will bring the symbol of the Elohim, that it will not be accepted by Israel and the Jewish people. And this is why he wanted to kill all of them, that he could kill Israel before he was born, but <laughs> it didn't happen. It didn't happen because we, the Elohim, have their own plans and, you know, nobody can play with that. One, one final question, if I could, Rabbi. In, as you know, in the, the last few years, there's been a greater interest and perhaps credibility in the UFO phenomenon with hearings in the United States and, and elsewhere. Um, do you see any connection between these reports from the military and so on and the Elohim, or is this uh, is this a related phenomenon or something else in your view? Well, UFOs, we're going to have more and more in the skies, like Rael mentioned. And but which, you know, UFO is like the, it's their transportation way, but it's not that which is interesting. It's like like an airplane. For them, it's like their airplane, you know, UFO. We have uh, airplanes, we have uh, helicopters. They have UFOs to travel, spaceships. Now, what's important is to understand who are these people behind behind the, 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 the UFOs? Who are these people inside the UFOs? Who are they? What do they want from us? Why do they come to visit us? And this is what we need to understand. And to understand this, the best way, as I mentioned, is to go to our website and read the books, which are free for everyone in all languages. And people can read and can understand. Of course, many people will reject because they need the crutches of a God. They need the crutches of, a, of the soul, which we don't believe because there is no God and there is no soul. And that's, you know, it's matter today to open our mind to be free-minded, to understand, and stop believing because believe, okay, we are not primitives anymore. 
Today we have the technology. We have the support of science. We have everything to understand. But if you want to continue praying without knowing what we are doing, I mean, it, it's it's terrible. To the Elohim, it's terrible. It's an insult. Or to, or to tell, well, we're coming from monkeys. Because they didn't create, they're not coming from, we are not monkeys. They created us to the image and to the likeness. If they were monkeys, we will look like monkeys. And as so many, many people say, oh yeah, we're coming from monkeys. We Monkeys have developed and then we became. So then we, we are humans now because we were monkeys before. So if we are human now, why we still have monkeys? Do they develop to become men? No. It's very simple. It's, it's all understanding. We need to ask ourselves questions. And that's what's important. With an open mind. I see, I have been brought up in the Jewish religion, as you know. I see people still praying Elohim without knowing who they are. Jewish people praying the Elohim Every day, two, three times a day, without knowing who they are. Reading the Torah, and they don't click that this Elohim is a plural name. It many plurals mentioning that even they come to this from the skies, and they are many. And I have all these that I bring to every one of my lectures. And you know what rabbis do? They hide not to confront me. Because if they're smart enough, if their rabbis, real rabbis, come and meet with me or confront me in one of my lectures, instead of hiding or instead of interfering or instead of boycotting, come and meet with me and tell me what you're saying now is not true. I can bring you anytime, anyone that can translate in Hebrew the verses from the Bible that will confirm without any doubt that the Elohim mentioned in the original Hebrew Bible are an extraterrestrial civilization and not a single god. Well, and who knows? Anytime. No, not maybe in the future. I would love to find a Hebrew scholar and have you come on with them and oh, with pleasure. The the with pleasure. With pleasure. <laughs> with pleasure. And I can bring uh, you know all the proofs that I have. I am lecturing for over thirty-five years now, and I have. I have learned from, I am an Hebrew scholar and I have learned Hebrew and I have learned Hebrew in Israel. And I, when you explain the, 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 the text and the, the scripts from the Tanakh in Israel, where people understand Hebrew, they are able to understand. But most of the Jews worldwide, they don't understand Hebrew. They pray without understanding. Like I was praying Hebrew without understanding a word until I went to, I, I, I traveled to Israel, I lived in Israel, and I learned Hebrew. 